I want to begin today uh, by reading a story from the book The Lies We Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman, a Christian psychologist. So bear with me as I read for a moment. Janet sat nervously on the edge of my office couch, unsure where to begin. She'd never visited a psychologist before, and I could see that she was feeling embarrassed. Fidgeting nervously, she finally said, Dr. Thurman, I don't really know where to begin. It's just that I've felt so unhappy lately. Everything seems to be going wrong in my life. Well, why don't you start with what is bothering you the most, I suggested. She shook her head, nervously straightening her skirt. I guess the biggest thing is that my husband and I aren't getting along very well. The smallest issue can turn into a fight between us. For instance, I stayed up late the other night folding clothes and ironing. Now, he knew I had to get up just as early as he did, and I had to feed the kids and help them get off to school. But he didn't offer to help. He never offers to help. So I asked him to help just this one time, and he blew up. And that's how it always is with him. I do everything I can to make the marriage work. He does nothing. So the two of you are fighting a lot then, I said. Yes, she sighed. And if our relationship keeps going in the same direction, I'm afraid we'll we'll either stay miserable the rest of our lives or end up divorcing. You said everything's going along. What else is bothering you? Well, I'm upset about my weight and how it affects my mood, she said. The other morning I weighed myself. I was 10 pounds over what I should be. I mean, I really hate myself for putting on all the extra pounds I have. And so while I was making breakfast, totally preoccupied with my weight... I ended up dropping my best glass pitcher full of orange juice all over the floor. And then what did I do but yell at the kids when they ran right through it and tracked it into the den? I actually made them get down on the floor and clean it up. I smiled uneasily, knowing full well that her story wasn't funny. You sound pretty down on yourself for being overweight and also for how it, let, how it affects you. She nervously began picking lint from her skirt. Oh, I hate myself over it. Like I said, and, and I shouldn't have taken it out on the kids. I'm turning into an awful mother, too. What else is bothering you? Well, my work's okay, but I'm constantly worried I'm going to make a mistake. And all the people I work with, they're all right, but I'm just not close to any of them. I feel like I'm going nowhere in all my relationships. I just can't make myself get close to anyone anymore. I've been rejected and disappointed so many times. Bottom line is, I, I don't really have many close friends. What about church? Is that any help or comfort to you, I asked. She caught herself compulsively picking lint, folded her hands into her lap and sighed, Church isn't a great place either. Everybody acts so happy, but it seems so superficial, you know. And besides, I always feel guilty because I know all the things I should be doing, things a good Christian should do, and I don't do any of them. I just know God's disgusted with me. I can almost feel it. I'm definitely disgusted with myself. Dr. Thurman concludes, Janet was obviously miserable. If you'd asked her what caused her misery, she'd probably have told you it was her marriage, or her weight problem, or her poor mothering, or being lonely. Would you be surprised, though, if I said that Janet was missing the real cause of her emotional problems? The real cause was the lies she was telling herself. She believed a whole list of emotionally destructive lies, and those were the fundamental reason for her misery. So today's message is titled, Learning to Tell Myself the Truth. Learning to Tell Myself the Truth. You know, between every 
event and every feeling, there is a thought. And our feelings are response to, uh, responses to the thought, not to the event. But we can often uh, miss that. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a key to helping us achieve emotional health. So, for example, imagine that you get stuck in a traffic jam. And that traffic, you might start to feel angry or frustrated or irritated. And, and you might conclude, traffic jams make me angry. Traffic jams frustrate me. But actually, the traffic jam doesn't make you anything. It's what you think about the traffic jam that matters. In fact, uh, the Greek philosopher, philosopher Epictetus, over 2,000 years ago, said this well, man is not disturbed by events, but by the view he takes of them. And so what's going on is you're in a traffic jam, and then there's this kind of a quick, impulsive thought. Maybe it's something like, why does this always happen to me? Every time I'm in a hurry, this happens, as if there's some kind of a cosmic conspiracy to mess up your day, right? And that makes you angry. Somebody's got it in for me. This is, you know, this is not fair to me. It's a, this is a, a slight on me, you know. Uh, or maybe, maybe you're in a traffic jam and, and your thought is, I am so stupid. Why in the world didn't I build traffic into my travel plans and my travel schedule? I'm such a dunce. I always do this. I'm terrible. And so then you're, you know, you're feeling frustrated and you're frustrated with yourself. Between every thought, uh, event and feeling, there is a thought. Now, they, what's important or, or, or what's why this is significant is that uh, if, our, if the thoughts are not true, if they're not rooted in reality, uh, and that means we might have a whole bunch of negative feelings and emotions in our life that we don't need to have. Now listen, you and I have, I, I know for myself, and, I, and I'm sure it's true for you, I have been angry so many times, unnecessarily. I have been anxious so many times unnecessarily. And on and on it goes. I've had all kinds of negative emotions, stress and other things that I didn't need to have, but I was buying into a lie and then responding to the lie. And God, who's the father of lies? Satan. Satan. The evil one is the father of lies. Who is uh, truth? God is truth. God wants us to walk in the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the evil one wants us to, uh, he wants us to be bound up in, with lies and then have all of the negative emotions that come out of that. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul writes, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I want to zero in on, that, on the second half of that verse. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Think of the imagery of that. Every thought that comes into your mind, you're, to, you're supposed to arrest it. Take it captive. Handcuff it. Well, what does that say? Well, one thing it says is that God has given us the power to arrest our thoughts. We are in control of our thinking. We can be. 
We, God has given us the power to be in charge of our own thoughts. Arrest your thought. Take it captive. For what purpose? To examine it, cross-examine it. Make sure that that thought is in obedience to Christ. Make sure that that thought uh, lines up with reality as taught to us by Jesus Christ. So, for example, uh, Janet, she was telling herself some lies. For example, she was telling herself that mistakes, any mistake, it's an awful thing to make a mistake. But the truth is, we're always making mistakes. The Bible says if we claim to be without sin, we're a liar. <laughs> That's not true. And, and rarely are mistakes uh, catastrophic. Janet was telling herself, uh, our marriage problems are all my husband's fault. But the true, truth is, uh, she also had a responsibility. Takes two to tango, as we say. Uh, Janet was, saying, uh, was telling herself, being overweight makes me less valuable. When the truth is, uh, her weight has nothing to do with her value as a person created in the image of God. Janet was telling herself, God is disgusted with me because I'm not doing enough Christian things. But the truth is, as a child of God, she's loved, not because of uh, what she does, but because of who she is in Jesus Christ. So, but she was swallowing lies. They were, uh, she, was, uh, she had not taken these lies captive, and they were bouncing around in her brain and producing all kinds of unhealthy emotions. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. So you've, thoughts in your head, you've grabbed a hold of it, you've arrested it, you've examined it, and you realize that doesn't meet the truth. That's not in line with reality as Jesus taught us. What do you do? Well, when you arrest somebody and you, find, you arrest them because you're afraid they might be a danger. And if you discover they are a danger, what do you do? You lock them up. Kick them out of your country. And so you say to that thought, I'm not going to entertain you. You're not a healthy thought. Very, very, this is a very important skill. But it requires being mindful, doesn't it? Of asking yourself, you know, why am I feeling that way? Uh, you know, this, this has been extremely helpful for me. And when I'm feeling an emotion... Uh, usually an, an emotion I'm not liking. I usually ha- I have one, one emotion, anger. No. But often it's when I'm starting to get angry and I'm asking, okay, why am I angry? What, what's the thought that's, that is uh, producing that? And then you, go, you evaluate it, you arrest it, and ex- examine it. Is it in fact in line with uh, the teachings of Christ? And if not, toss it out. So um, identifying a lie is step number one. It's important. But you know what? You've got to replace the lie with truth. If you don't replace the lie with truth, it might just get replaced with another lie. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Jesus gives us this little insight. Luke chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person... It passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. 
and the last state of that person is worse than the first. Jesus is making the point, you know, it doesn't do you any good to, you know, be freed from from a demon if you don't fill that, fill your life with God. If you just leave it empty, if you don't replace it with truth, if you don't replace it with godly truth, well, it might come back. And it might even be worse. So you've got to replace, uh, replace the lie with the truth. When you came, or on your seats, you have this uh, sheet of paper. Pull it out if you haven't already looked at it. Titled, Secular and Biblical Truths for Defeating the Lies We Believe. So uh, Dr. Chris Thurman, he identified uh, 24 lies that uh, he just keeps seeing in his practice that people are swallowing and uh, acting out of that are causing uh, emotional unhealth. And then he is listed here, both the secular and the theological truth that can combat that. Now, secular truth doesn't mean it's ungodly. All truth is God's truth. It just means this is, you know, not truth that's not reserved for Christians or uh, specifically articulated in the scriptures. So let me show you how this might work. Page number one, under self-lies, lie number two. The lie is, I must have everyone's love and approval. Well, there's a secular truth that can help combat that lie, and it's just the reality of you can't please all the people all the time. That's the reality. But you know, the Bible talks about this too. A couple of scriptures, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Who are we trying to please? Who are we trying to impress? Who is going to ultimately reward us? It's, it's God. Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So here you learn from Scripture that uh, if you want to please God, you're going to end up you know, making some people here on earth angry because some people are opposed to God. And so if, if we saturate ourselves in biblical truth, well, it'll help combat that lie. And so you've got to take that lie, uh, identify it, and then kick it out and replace it with the truth. Let me do just a couple more. Second page. Here we've got worldly lies. Lie number three. Life should be easy. Boy, that's an easy one to buy into because it sounds great. Life should be easy. Yeah, I believe that. Well, actually, here's the secular truth. Uh, Life is difficult. A great deal of hardship and frustration is built into it. Well, that's true, but it's not very hopeful, is it? Well, then there's a biblical truth. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So there's the biblical truth, which is, you know what, life can be hard, but we don't need to be crushed by it because Jesus has overcome. We'll do uh, one more, next page, under marriage lies, line number five. I shouldn't have to change to make our marriage better. That's another lie, it's easy to swallow because it feels good, right? Well, the secular truth is uh, marriage requires change. People who refuse to change stagnate themselves in their marriages. The important issue is deciding what we need to change about ourselves and what we don't. That's good. That's true. But then there's a theological truth, Hebrews 12, 14. 
make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Well, if that applies to everybody, it certainly applies to our spouse. So, you know, what does making every effort look like when you're trying to better your marriage? So we replace, we replace the lie with truth. Now let me say this. <clears throat> we Christians possess some glorious truths that are only true of us. So we have a leg up on this whole thing. Uh, for example, the scripture that says, all things work together for good. It goes on to say, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That is a promise that is true of the Christian, but it's not true of the rest of the world. And, but we, boy, that's a promise that comforts us greatly. All things in my life are being worked together for good by God who loves me. <laughs> Man, that, that, can, that truth can help, uh, can help replace a whole bunch of lies, can it? And so we as Christians have glorious truths, and so we're crazy not to arm ourselves with the glorious truths of God. I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, God has given us his word, which paints reality. Clearwater Church. Oftentimes people ask me, why are we called Clearwater Church? Uh, and I know you have your own reasons for that, and now they're valid, but here was, my, here was uh, Sabrina's and my reason. As somebody was asking us, uh, you know, what are you really hoping to accomplish? accomplish? And, I, and I said, you know, I want, I, I want to help people see reality. You know, like, like one of those beautiful, crystal clear Alaskan lakes, and you look down and you can see the rocks 20 feet below, just like they're right there. I want to help people see reality like that. And I believe that can only be done by proclaiming the word of God and in a relationship with God. And that came, thus came the, the name Clearwater Church. The idea of helping people see reality. Because it's truth and truth sets us free. It's glorious. We, we have in the scriptures glorious truths. And so we want to saturate our minds in the word of God. The more that we saturate ourselves in reality the harder it is for the lies to take root. Easy it is, easier it is for us to identify the lie and replace them. Let me read a couple of scriptures. First one is uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is, well, here it is, test, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Man, having your mind transformed, renewed, so that you could discern what is the will of God. In other words, you can see reality. You can see what is true from what is false. Wow, uh, that is a blessing. One of the blessings of reading God's word. Here's another scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, here it is, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. There is something about the word of God that cleanses us, washes us, it, it renews us, it helps us see reality, and then walk, walk out of that, which is a life of freedom and a life with a whole lot uh, fewer 
uh, negative emotions, much greater emotional health as a result. Let's talk about uh, the truth system. So this is an acronym, TRUTH. T stands for trigger event. Uh, R for the reckless thinking that so often follows. U for the unhealthy emotions that follow reckless thinking. T for truthful thinking. And then the healthy uh, feelings that follow that. So let me talk about how this might work. So when... um, I had just graduated from seminary, living in Boston. Sabrina was pregnant with Morgan. I was working at an internet, internet firm, and I got fired. That was a, an event that uh, triggered some reckless thinking. Uh, I immediately started thinking, those guys who fired me don't know what they're thinking. Their motivations were wicked, and they are harming my life. And that made me feel angry. These guys are hurting me, hurting my family. Uh, Another thought was, I've never had a baby before, but I'm assuming babies cost more money than I've ever had to spend before. And I'm thinking, I just lost my income. We're about due. And so I had some anxiety about financially uh, providing. Am I going to be able to provide for my my family? That kind of thinking led to some uh, anxiousness. So I'm feeling this, you know, anger, and I'm feeling anxious, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure that these feelings are uh, the kind of feelings that I'm supposed to be having as a Christian. And so it, it causes me to go back and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? So regarding anger, I, cut, I did the thinking, thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm angry because I feel like these guys have harmed me and that they are you know, ruining my life, hurting my life. But then, I, because I have saturated my mind in the word of God, I, the spirit of God reminded me of the story of Joseph. Right? And remember Joseph, his brothers, for wicked purposes, sell him into slavery, bad things happen to him, and Joseph, at the very end of his life, says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God used it for good. You know, and I don't know, uh, I don't know what the, intent was of the people who fired me, even if it was evil, which it probably wasn't, but even if it was, you know, evil, it doesn't change the fact that my life is under the sovereign good control of God, who is not going to, you know, my best life has not just been uh, ruined because of some people's actions. No, it's under the sovereign care of God. Uh, My best life has not, you know, just been stripped from me. And all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so I said, okay, I need to replace my uh, reckless initial thinking with truthful thinking. My life is not in any danger. It's under God's sovereign good plan. He's obviously got something even better, although I don't see it right now. And actually, the reality is God used that firing to get me into ministry a lot faster. And who knows, had I been super successful in the secular world, maybe I would have gotten sucked up into that. I don't know. So now as it regards the financial fears, am I going to be able to provide for my family? And so 
I examine that. Okay, but what does God say? God says, hello, I take care of the sparrow. <laughs> uh, I know the number of hairs on your head. I can take care of you. I own the cattle on 10,000 hills. Uh, trust me, I'm going to take care of you. And so, took that, ang- that, that the, the anxiety that was being produced by the fear of can I, will I be able to provide, and I began to, to, uh, to try to live out of the truth that God will care for me. And so what happened? The, um, the truthful thinking led to a, a healthy response. My anger began to dissipate. My uh, anxiety began to dissipate. And it began to be replaced with a sense of well-being. And that's the way it works. Let's pray. God, uh, your truth will set us free. And boy, as your people, we are armed with such glorious truths of your love for us. You are our heavenly Father. Our life is entirely in your hand. Even when people mean to harm us, they can't truly harm us because everything is being worked out for good in our life. It's just a story such staggering truths that are that are ours may we may we uh, ingest them deep deep down and may they replace all of the all of the lies that the evil ones wants to uh, wants us to swallow and live out of may we live out of reality which is tr- your truth in Jesus name we pray amen